Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. But our relationship series is coming and it's going to be awesome. How many believe that? How many excited to get up half an hour earlier in about three weeks' time and just say, yes, I'm committed to church anyway. Let's go. Extra coffee. We're just trying to teach some people discipline. Trying to get you to show up on work on time, get you promoted. Praise God. Matthew 26, Matthew 26, I want to encourage you again if you haven't signed up already on our Build Again dinner uh, for those of you who really feel like, man, God has something over and above for this church and you want to be part of the answer of that. Um, but Matthew 26, we've been in a series called Go Again, verse 30, Matthew 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives and then Jesus said to them, you'll all fall away because of me this night. Not encouraging. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Ever been confident? Yeah. Then Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples, some say all the disciples, said the same thing. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled and then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See the hours at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice. I thank you for every person online. I thank you for the children in our kids' space right now. I pray that faith would infuse their heart. I pray that truth would get a hold of their mind and their heart. I pray that... Holy Spirit, that you would take control and elevate Jesus in this place and speak and meet needs that only you can. I pray for one who might be discouraged, that there would be hope and strength. I pray for one that 
isn't yet sure about you, that He would come to know you in such a real way. I pray for champions to rise in this house. I pray for a humble, servant-hearted Christians who would just be all they're called to be in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. I ask you, allow your word to strengthen, to guide, to speak where I personally need it. In your mighty name I pray. And the church alive said, Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand one more time. Grab your seat and tell the person next to you you're good looking. I want to preach a message to you today called Go and Surrender Again. Go and Surrender Again. If I was to preach a message called Three Steps to Victory, or four steps to making a difference. Or preach a message called two steps to fulfilling your calling or nine steps to making the world a better place. How many know that'd be good? Hopefully, you're like, yeah, they, they, they sound like good topics, right? I mean, uh, when, when the, I don't know, Mrs. World or whatever they call her these days, goes world peace, um, you know, Mrs. Universe or I don't know, whatever she's called. Uh, they're like, what do we want? We want world peace. How many want world peace? Say yes. Easy. Stop doing wrong and love your neighbor. It really is that simple. However, our culture has brought a lie that you can love your neighbor without looking in the man in the mirror and dealing with your own self. And it is just not, not true. Um, I want to tell you today that God wants to bless you. Say, someone say yes. Someone say, God wants to bless me. Let me give you a couple of scriptures so I'm not just giving you fluff. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Someone say the good of the land. John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Some say, that's preaching. Psalm 24, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Genesis 15, verse 1. Um, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But watch this now, the door to receiving His grace, His favor, His blessing is the door of faith and the path of surrender. Let me say that again. The door to receiving His grace, His favor, His blessing is the door of faith, but it's the path of surrender. The door of faith is when you and I walk in and faith says God's good. That's really what faith does. Faith rewards the man that says God's good and His goodness will flow to my life if I seek Him. But I found this, how to stay on that path is a path called 
surrender. Someone say favor. Someone say surrender. Favor sounds cool, doesn't it? Favor's like, ooh, I got favor. It's like someone just gave you a jacket, gave you a long coat. Ooh, favor. But how do you keep on that favor? Surrender. You're like, I don't want to surrender. I don't care. Neither does Jesus. It was the hard classes in college that actually prepared you for the real world. Wasn't your easy classes? Your easy classes wasted your time. Got bad news for you. If you're going to college, it's easy. It's wasting your time. It's not teaching the real world. It was the hard coach in college that got us ready for the match. It wasn't the easy coach. Our easy coach, I'd get be in matches our first year. He didn't push us enough physically. I'd be in a match, and all of a sudden, I realized I had nothing left in the tank. But it was the hard coach, and we'd start to say to him, Coach, you're pushing us too hard. And he'd make us, he was an All-American uh, lacrosse player, and he'd just push us and push us and push us. And, but guess what? Every match under his coaching leadership, I always had more in the tank. I was never like, oh, I got nothing left. No, because coach pushed us hard, I was ready for life. There's many blessed times in life, but it'll be the hard times that have the potential to make you great. It'll be the hard times that have the potential. Someone say potential. It is not the hard times that make you great. It's the hard times that have the potential to make you great. For if the hard times can make you bitter, or the hard times can make you better. Are you with me? Thank you for that golf clap. It was great being Jesus. Wherever Jesus go, he healed the sick. And he was the problem solver. Wherever he would go, demons would be cast out and people are healed. And he would be the most popular man of our day without question. Oh my goodness, in, in, a, in a day of social media, do you know any idea how popular Jesus would be? I mean, no radio, no newspapers, and he had crowds following him wherever he went. They would, he would literally leave crowds, didn't even want him to come. They'd find him anyway. That's how popular he was. He wouldn't post a service time. He'd just go for a walk. Thousands of people just are, oh, where you at, Jesus, where you at? But the Garden of Gethsemane, is one of the most graphic pictures of the commitment our Lord had to the Father's will, despite the personal cost to himself. He's been warning his disciples that he's gonna go to the cross and they don't believe him. It's almost like it just went over their head. Like, hey boys, I'm gonna die soon. They're like, ha ha, Jesus, no you're not. You're gonna be the Messiah and we're gonna rule with you. That's what they thought. And then he's getting to the night where he will be betrayed. And then he tells them, tonight I will actually be betrayed. And he goes to the place called Gethsemane. It is the place of the pressing, it's called. It is a place where he would often meet with them. But this time he is sorrowful. He is, he is heavy. He is burdened because he knows what's coming. The cross was coming and he, he could not just be arrested. He had to be willingly arrested. So he had to get his heart in a position of surrender. 
He had to get his heart in a position. They were not going to just arrest the Son of God. He was literally going to willingly give up his life. And he goes to the garden and the Bible says he takes Peter, James and John, his big three, takes them a little closer. And then he goes a little farther and he begins to pray and he prays like this. Father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken from me. And then he says this, yet not as I will, but as yours be done. And the Bible gives us a picture that he's there for about an hour just praying and looking. And here's what's so interesting and here's what I find compelling. There's no answer from God. There's never not been an answer. In all his three years of ministry, he would just say, Father, give me the power to raise Lazarus from the dead and it would happen. I got a little problem, Lord. Little KFC lunch, let me multiply and chickens would just come out everywhere. <laughs> and there's silence from heaven. There had never been silence from heaven. And so an hour later goes by, he comes back to the big three and he looks and they're just sleeping. Have you ever told God you're gonna pray and you just slept? I've been there before. I remember with a, I was with a, a great man of God from Africa and he was at our church and, and, and he would tell me, man, I pray hours a day. I was like, cool. He comes to America and we're on the, the, the carpet of the church in Kani at the time and, and uh, we're in a prayer meeting and I look over and he's snoring. I was like, something happens to you in the West. <laughs> Must be the food. I don't know. And so his friends are no help to him and he goes back to the Lord again. He goes back to the Father again and he begins to look for a different way other than the way of the cross. He begins to look for another way other than the way of surrender. He begin, like he always wanted to do the will of God. And, and I want to tell you this, that the will of God most times actually you want to do it. If you surrender to God, like the will of God, I don't wake up every day going, oh God, I gotta be a pastor. <laughs> I don't do that at all. Once I've surrendered to his will, he actually changes the desires of your heart. And when he changes the desires of your heart, now I want to do his will. Yeah. I wanna do his will. But then there is this moment where he sees that the will of God is hard. He knows the text of Scripture, Isaiah 53, verse 5. He knows this backwards and forwards. Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The, the punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds we are healed. It's an amazing Scripture, except if it's written about you. And Jesus, this is who it was written about. Verse 8 says, For he was cut off from the land of the living, and for the transgression of my people he was punished. One Bible scholar actually states that it would have been like a horror of mind. Meaning this, because he knew what was going to happen, he's praying so hard and understands what's about to happen, so much so that he's imagining the most brutal death. It's like watching the horror movie, but you're in the horror movie and you already know it's about to happen. 
And Jesus is literally there saying, not my will, not my feelings, not my truth, your truth, your plan, your purpose. Here's what I've noticed about the Christian life, that sometimes we've got to die. But the interesting thing is on the other side of you giving up something is always more life. It, it isn't dying to something and then for the rest of your life you kind of just go, oh, I'm dead to it. <laughs> no, it's like you die to it in a moment, but then all of a sudden once you die to it, it's like it has no power over you anymore and you don't even desire it. And now you live in joy and peace and faith. Does that make sense? What's interesting in the text, in Matthew chapter 26, he prays this, Lord, nothing is impossible with you. He's looking for another way. Those were the same words that the angel said to his mother when he actually was conceived in the womb. He's quoting God's word back to him like nothing is impossible for you, but this one thing was impossible. Hear this now, it's like Jesus gets to the point that he searches perhaps all the philosophies of this world and finds them futile. Searches the religions of the world. Lord, nothing's impossible. Can't they just be sincere? There's a lot of people who believe in the religion of sincere. If I'm just sincere enough, well, how sincere do you have to be? No one ever knows. Just as long as I'm sincere, then I'll get to heaven. As long as I'm nice, how nice are you going to be? I don't know, just nicer than that guy. No one ever seems to know how sincere or how nice, but they just know that if I guess we're sincere and nice, then we can float to heaven, even though we reject God throughout the rest of our lives and do whatever we, we want to do, but I'm sincere and I'm nice. And Jesus messes with our theology in this moment and says, your sincerity was not a bridge to God. And your niceness is not a bridge to God. I'm the bridge. And he goes back one more time to his disciples and they are sleeping again. And then he goes back one more time and he spends time, another hour praying to the Father. And this time it gets even more desperate. If you read the text and actually get into the text in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, I don't think this will be on the screen. And here's what he says, and Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Watch this now. He's gone from Father, let this cup be passed from me, to now all of a sudden it gets a little bit deeper like Daddy. Over here it's Father. For two hours it's been Father, but now on Hour number three in prayer, he's like, Abba, which means dad. And I kind of get this feeling that it's like, but dad, I don't want to go to the cross. They're going to beat me. They're going to pull my beard. They're going to whip me. They're going to nail my hands. They're going to nail my feet. I'm going to be looked at as a curse of man. 
and I'll have all my friends reject me. I'll have all my disciples, the one who've loved me, I'll have all of them run from me. And guess what? He still says yes to God. And he says, not but I will, but as you will. Do you know what, you want to know where the love of God is? Point to the cross. But do you want to know where you find the love of God? Look at the Garden of Gethsemane. For it was there that he said yes to God. Are you with me? Let me give you a few more thoughts about this. Sometimes we look at the cost of surrender. But can I point you to the high cost of chase of not surrendering? Sometimes we stare at what God asks us to give up. You're like, Lord, it's in my hand. It might be a relationship. It might be money sometimes. It might just be like sleeping in every Sunday morning. You're like, Lord, you've seen my bed. I got one of those comfort pillows. And, and, and my bed tilts up. I don't know if you're that lucky. And my bed warms and it, it, it's, it's tailored to me, Lord. How can I go to Sunday morning regularly? You, you see my flesh. And sometimes we're in church and, 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 and we've moved past that and we're like an every Christian Sunday. Bless God, I'm here every Sunday. Oh, I'm committed. Oh, you should see how committed I am. I'm here every Sunday. And then the Lord's like, get in a transform group. He's like, no. I'm not a transform group kind of Christian. I'm a Sunday type Christian. I like to show up Sunday just to show you how good I am. But I don't want to be with people. Because then I'd have to like them. And I don't like them, and I don't love them. And it's not that we say that, it's just that our actions declare that. I want to hang on to my American Christianity, my New Jersey Christianity, my Western world Christianity, but not follow Jesus. And sometimes we wonder why there's no life in our faith. It's because there's no death in our faith. The interesting thing, as I've been following the Lord now for 27 years, is there was moments, like I, I serve the Lord with joy. I enjoy serving the Lord. But there's just moments where He gets you to die to something. Doing the right things, but he points out for the wrong reason. You're a business guy, like I'm a business guy. Haha, <laughs> I'm gonna be successful. Good. And then all of a sudden the Lord starts to grow you, and then he starts to deal with an area of character. He's like, no, 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 don't do business this way, do it this way, and you'll have to die to something. It's just the way it is. Or maybe someone offends you, and you're like, ah, I, I, you know what? Christians are hypocrites. I might as well be one too. And the Lord's like, forgive them. You're like, no. Yes. And for nine months, you leave church. 
and you wander. And then all of a sudden you realize it wasn't as good as I thought. Hanging on to my money, hanging on to my offense, hanging on to me being the boss. It actually wasn't as good as I thought. You know, Judas trades money for character. Judas trades money for character. How much money? The Bible says 30 silver coins. You're like, well, what does that translate to? He bought a plot of land. So that means in Jersey, probably anywhere from 100 grand to $400,000. You'd have to do the equivalent. Like, hey, someone's gonna walk up to you and just give you money for land, but you're gonna stop going to church. You're gonna deny your faith. And most of the times, it's not the invitation to deny your faith. It's the invitation to just walk at a distance, which eventually may mean you may deny your faith. Are you hearing me? Judas trades money for character. Judas trades friendship for power. He's like, man, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the most powerful people of the day like me. That would be like senators, influencers, being your friend. They're like, I got you. You know who's my friend? It's like The Rock. He's my friend. Think of the most powerful influencers of our time, and all of a sudden, they like you. How many know that's attractive? They're going to invite you to the parties. They're going to bring you to the circle. You might, you might get money from it. You might get girls from it. And you get invited into the cool crew. That was Judas. The most powerful people of the day liked me. And all I got to do is tell them where Jesus is going to be. Judas trades a piece of land for the price of his soul. This is, this is important to grasp. You're like, what do you mean? Judas trades a piece of land for the price of his soul. The scripture is very clear that Jesus said about Judas, it would be better for him never to have lived. Acts chapter 1 says he went to the place he belongs, which meant he literally went to hell. He went to the place where he was eternally separated from God. He, he went to a place that was eternal, forever. And here's the worst part of hell. C.S. Lewis said this, it's locked from the inside. Which means this, he chose it. Rick Warren says this, the author of The Purpose Driven Life, he says, if not to God, you will surrender to the opinions or expectations of others. To money, to resentment, to fear or to your own pride, lust, ego. He says, you were designed to worship God and if you fail to worship Him, you'll create other things, other idols to give your life to. You are free to choose what you surrender to, but you are not free from the consequence of that choice. D.L. Moody, the great 1800s revivalist said this. He says, let God have your life. He can do more with it than you can. Let God have your life. 
Hey, man in here, does God have your life? Hey, ladies, does God have your life? He wants to pour out grace and mercy upon your life. But there's moments in this faith where you surrender. And I promise you, the longer you stare at what you have to surrender, you'll hang on to it too long. But the moment you stare at the goodness of God and the goodness and holiness and love of God, when you stare at that, the longer you stare at Gethsemane and realize that Jesus went to the cross for you, that you were the joy set before Him. I was the joy. Do you hear me now? See, the cross speaks of the love of God, but Gethsemane speaks of surrender. And the Christian life is a life of blessing, it really is. It's a life of blessing, but to stay on the path of blessing, there'll be moments where you have to die to something. You die to it, and it'll feel heavy at the time. I remember dying to numerous different things along the journey. But what's interesting is along the journey, I look back now, I was like, ah, oh, thank God I died to that. Thank God. I... Listen, some of you need to die to drinking because in five years, if you don't, you'll just be addicted. Some of you need to die to a relationship because in five years, if you don't, perhaps it'll actually be a divorce. Some of you need to die to whatever I want to do, whatever, whenever I want to do it when it comes to your sexual boundaries. Why? Because you'll be addicted. And you'll break people's hearts along the journey. You'll break your wife's heart. You'll break your husband's heart. Break your kids' hearts along the journey. And it'll be a moment of surrender to Jesus and just say, Lord, I surrender to you. Hear, hear, hear me now. Why are we a church that believes in prayer? Because he says, could you not pray with me for one hour? He says, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Prayer kills the flesh. Prayer kills the flesh. A prayer meeting kills the flesh. It does. Prayer kills the flesh. Giving kills the flesh. Serving, it kills the flesh. These are the moments we kill the flesh. Come on, here with me. Praise God. Let God have your life. He can do more with it than you can. Every eye closed. Oh, Father, I thank you for every man here, every woman you know, every journey of faith. You are so cognizant of our past, present, and future. Father, I pray where, wherever this needs to hit people, I pray that you would reveal it to them. Holy Spirit, take the word and be the scalpel. Be the healer. Let it encourage one who surrendered. Let it challenge one who needs more surrender. Produce in your people what you desire, Lord. 
help us carry the life you've called us to carry. All across this place, I want to pray for some people who just feel that need to surrender again. Feel that need to just say, I don't just want to come to church, I want to follow Jesus. And if you know that's you today, there's, there's something the Holy Spirit is knocking and tapping on the door of your heart. I always find the best time to do that is right now. And if that's you today, I want you to stand to your feet quickly and I just want to pray for you all across this place. If you feel like the Lord is challenging you, particularly just to surrender an area of your life, go ahead, stand now, stand now, stand now all across this place. Thank you, Lord. If, you, if you're standing, would you, would you open your hands to heaven? Father, I lift up every person. There's actually some more people who just need to surrender. You're wrestling God right now. Like, man, I, I, I just don't want to do it in front of people. But I'm telling you now, one of the greatest things you can do is just forget what the approval of people. There's a few more that need to stand. Stand to your feet now. Stand your feet. If you feel like you're wrestling fear and the Holy Spirit's just nudging your heart right now, you need to surrender some things. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for every person, every man, every woman within the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, minister grace to them and life to them and strength to them. Lord, lead them and guide them, I pray. God, I pray it'd be a, a, that loving word, Lord. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you administer it the way you need to. In your mighty name, I pray. Can I have everyone stand to your feet? Can I have everyone stand? Eyes closed still. Maybe you're here today, friend. Maybe you stood, but maybe you didn't stand and you've needed to receive Christ. Jesus died on the cross for you, for me, for the sin of the world. He's the price. He's the bridge. He's the door. He's the key to eternal life. It's not just a key to heaven. It's the key to Him. So if you're here today and you need to receive Jesus in this place, it'd be the honor of my life to pray a simple prayer that would just be a defining moment for you, for you to say yes to Christ. So all across this place, we're going to pray a prayer as a church family, inviting Christ into our hearts. And some of you are doing this for the first time, and some of you are running back to God because you've been far from Him. So come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your life for me. I believe you died on a cross rose from the dead I believe you have a plan for my life and so right now I turn to you and I trust in you I give you my life everything I am in your mighty name with eyes closed if you need to raise your hand because you prayed that to, with me for the first time or you're coming back to God today I just want to see your hand and, and see your response by faith in Jesus' name. Would you raise your hand all across this place? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Hands going up. That's awesome today. Awesome today. Praise God for you. Anyone else today? Raise your hand. Raise it up high. Thank you. Thank you. 
thank you. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for your people, those who responded today. In Jesus' name, plant them in your purpose. Seal your word in their heart. In your mighty name I pray. Come on, church alive. Can we give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Come on.